0: Have you asked yourselves how active funds stack up to their benchmarks over short and long-term periods across asset classes and strategies worldwide? Are there markets where active or passive investing has historically had an advantage? Stick around for the answers. Anu Ganti, Senior Director on the Index Investment Strategy Team at S&P Dow Jones Indices, joins us right after this. I'm Arian Alcorta with ETF Guide. Thank you for joining us. If you're here for the first time, hit the subscribe button. And great news, we recently added Amazon Fire TV and Roku, so you can now also watch this program and our other originals on these major platforms. Now, how do active funds stack up in relation to their benchmarks in markets globally and across different asset classes and investment strategies? What are the performance trends of active funds versus their benchmarks over both short and long-term periods? The SPIVA scorecard from S&P Dow Jones Indices provides us with excellent insights. This is the de facto scorecard of active versus passive debate. Here to elaborate is Anu Gonti, Senior Director on the Index Investment Strategy Team at S&P Dow Jones Indices. Anu, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Anu, for the benefit of those who may not be familiar with the SPIVA scorecard, how does it work and how does it help investors? Yes, so SPIVA stands for S&P
1: Indices versus Active, and it helps investors by providing an apples to apples comparison of fund performance versus the appropriate benchmark across categories. This is a semi-annual report, and we've been doing this for 20 years. It's also an independent report where we've covered periods where active has done relatively better and we've covered periods when active has done relatively worse. So we like to let the data speak for itself. It's also global in nature where we've expanded coverage across regions, including Latin America, Canada, Europe, Australia, and so forth. And the analysis covers various time horizons. And finally, the report covers three metrics. Number one is performance. What percentage of funds beat the benchmark? Two is survivorship. We account for the entire opportunity set and not just the survivors to eliminate that bias. And finally is weighted returns. We look at both equal and asset weighted averages. So when larger funds are doing better, then the asset weighted averages would look better as well.
0: Now I know during the bull market, a majority of active strategies were outperformed by their S and P index peers across most equity categories. Now that we're in a bear market, is that same trend still holding up? Yeah, so it's
1: important to understand that beating the benchmark is tough. Although in this declining market, just 51% of US large cap equity funds lagged the S&P 500 during the first half of the year. And that put them on track for their best or lowest underperformance rate since 2009. We also saw interesting trends within the style space. So as value outperformed, this created headwinds for growth managers across the cap spectrum. 79% of large cap growth managers underperformed. And if you take it out to three years, now 93% underperformed. So this was a big reversal from what we saw last year. It was also a bit surprising, because you might have thought that these growth managers could have tilted towards value, which did better. But the data shows that wasn't really the case. And perhaps these growth managers were more concentrated in the growthier names compared to the index, which led to their underperformance. Now a few points on falling markets. Falling markets might potentially aid active performance for a few reasons. For example, in falling markets, active managers can go to cash, which could help them, but it could also hurt them in a a rising market given the performance drag. Also falling markets create a lot of noise and volatility. So, we've seen a wide mix of underperformance rates across categories. And historically, we've seen that fewer managers underperform in strong down markets than strong up markets. And finally, an interesting point to note on dispersion or cross sectional volatility. We've seen historically that more managers underperform in low dispersion environments, although there are exceptions. For example, if we look at 2021, it was a high dispersion year but still 85% of large cap equity managers underperformed.
0: Now talking about underperformance, it is no secret that the U.S. bond market has experienced one of its worst years on record. What has that meant for the performance of actively managed bond funds versus corresponding bond indices? Yes, so
1: I'd like to point out first that we have a new range of fixed income indices because of our merger between IHS market and S&P Global. And regarding fund performance, we really saw mixed performance depending on the category. So there were a couple of bright spots, for example, within core plus and high yield. We saw 93% of core plus bond funds outperform, and we saw uh, 59% of active high yield bond funds outperform their respective benchmarks. But we saw weakness in other spaces, like loans, munis, as well as U.S. government. So we saw higher underperformance rates within the loan participation space, within municipal debt, as well as within the intermediate U.S. government categories.
0: As the new year approaches, are there any other notable trends or important lessons that investors should consider as they look to 2023 and beyond?
1: So the key takeaway I'd like to point out is that most active managers underperform most of the time. And when outperformance occurs, it tends not to persist, as we know from our related persistence scorecards. Another frequent theme that we see from 20 years of doing this is as you extend the time horizon, underperformance rates have gone up. So over a 15-year period, we saw that more than 70% of funds underperformed in 38 out of 39 categories. Now, this first half of the year was interesting because it was potentially more conducive to what active managers wish for, for a few reasons. One is we saw rising dispersion. So dispersion and volatility tracked higher since 2017, with dispersion on track for its highest average annual reading since 2009, which perhaps not coincidentally is the last time we saw this relatively lower level of underperformance. We also saw a wide dispersion among sectors. Think of the spread between energy versus technology, which potentially could bode well for sector allocation decisions. So, higher dispersion implies greater opportunity to add value from stock selection, but it also magnifies the risk of picking a laggard. And this played out in the results, where we saw a near equal mix between under and outperformance rates. Now, there were a couple of other tailwinds as well. We saw mega cap underperformance after years of outperformance. And this could potentially aid active managers, as it's tougher to overweight those large cap names. We also talked about styles earlier and we saw that value outperformed after decades of underperformance. So lots of different reversals going on here. And a couple of other related points to note is that in markets with the most severe benchmark declines, underperformance rates tended to be slightly worse. And this shows that it's not necessarily the case that markets that that did the worst were more beneficial for active. And a final point is that we noticed that the average excess fund return was below that of the median. And that tells us that there were more big losers than big winners which gives some context for these results so i'd like to sum up that it'll be interesting to see whether these trends continue through the end of the year through 2023 or whether reversals are in order because
0: that could have interesting implications for active managers thank you anu for sharing your insights and dropping by we really do look forward to seeing you again soon thank you so much it was great to be here Now for our audience, visit spglobal.com forward slash SPIVA to learn more about the SPIVA scorecard. Links are posted in the description section below this video with a wealth of information about SPIVA and the active versus passive debate. I'm Ariana El Corta. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.